you can validate and still disagree, but disagreement and invalidation is a relationship killer. So I can, when I validate you and disagree with you, it lands very differently than if I disagree with you and I invalidate you all in the same breath. I am Taylor Chandler. I'm a licensed therapist, host of this podcast, Boundaries and Grace, and leader of my practice, Reattach. My mission is to help you shift to secure attachment, uprooting anxiety and avoidance, replacing with clarity and peace. You will shift. I am doing a specialty case, okay, for high-achieving women. We got the awkward conversation about men and relationships out of the way. And why am I calling that awkward? Because people have made it super weird to talk about gender, first of all. And second of all, um, many of us are aware that there is this apparent gender war happening on the internet, and it's terrible. And so... um, I got the I got the first one out the way, okay? And I you know, I was listening back to it and I was like maybe I'm handling this with even more empathy and care than is needed. I don't I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward to hearing the feedback about that from y'all because um for sure this is the first time that I obviously have done an, a whole um episode about that kind of thing. So I'll be looking forward to hearing your feedback about that. But today we are going to be re- expanding the conversation to other relationships that can be difficult. By the way, happy Women's Month. This These episodes are coming out in March. So happy Women's Month, okay? Perfect Women's Month, plural. Women's Month, Women's Month. Um, happy Women's Month. What a great time to talk about this nuanced issue. And remember, y'all, there is a coaching group um, that is going to be, uh, I think I said four days on the first on the first episode, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to be three with a VIP um, add on to to the third day. OK, so that it's so it's not four days. It's not like a separate day for for people who want to have more um, interaction and get um, get more questions answered and talk about things in a more detailed way. Okay. Of course, I always do detail. And so um, you're going to, when you're doing the, if you're doing the coaching group, you're getting detail, <laughs> but we're going to go even deeper uh, and have more time together uh, to talk in a more interactive way. Um, if you do the VIP one. So go to IamTaylorChandler.com to see the dates for that and to register if this information is relevant to you and you want to dive in deeper and get this thing taken care of. So here we go. We're going to expand the conversation to other relationships that can be difficult to manage or sustain for reasons that may be unbeknownst to you, strange to you, or you're aware of some of the things or maybe even all the things. I don't know. I mean, you know, you probably, you know, you like probably like to do some research. Probably your research are kind of tight, you know, when you have a problem, you you don't just wait, <laughs> you look into it. Okay, so you might be aware of these things, but have but uh, you may have written written it off. Um, and you're and if you're like me, you've had added an attitude of at some point, if other people drown, they drown or if they just don't get me, they just don't. I have to move on. I totally get it. Um, you're the I don't have time for that type and you actually don't have time for it (laughs) like like you know some people say I don't have time for that and you like you got all the time in the world all you do is post about how you don't have time for that because you have so much time but then there are others who actually time is short my high achieving women uh, are good at you're good at making decisions 
about opportunity and cost. You evaluate opportunity and cost naturally. What's the what's the benefit of something and what's the cost of something and is it worth it? So you're economical, but um economical. But thinking that way, um you may have heard this before, <laughs> okay? You probably have if you're listening to this, that you can come off as disconnected and detached, aloof, cold, like you don't care. And some of you are nodding your head right now and saying, I really don't care. <laughs> okay. Look, this is why we're doing, this is why we're talking about emotional intelligence and relational intelligence today. <laughs> okay. Cause you got to care. If you want relationships, you really do have to care. S- certainly some things are not worth your heart and effort, but some things are. So, but first things first, let's take down the defense of being told that you're bad because I think you're bad or because someone else thinks you're bad and consider if you actually like your own results in your personal relationships. Okay. So I'm not doing that. I consider I am in this cat. The reason why I'm even talking about this and taking this one as my first specialty case of 2023 is because I consider myself a high achieving woman. If you didn't, you know, if you're listening to this and you didn't listen to the first episode, please go back and listen to the first one where I go into some detail and some characteristics. Okay, this does not this kind of information does not apply to everybody, but it it, it does apply to me and it might apply to you, too. OK, um, so and I also know I'm going to say this is not in my notes, but I have to say this. I, I have been this when I have been in therapy and in coaching. I have been this type. Um, I get this type in some of my clients. OK, there can be a defensiveness and it doesn't mean that you are rude or bad or what or dis or being like disrespectful, but there can be a defensiveness when you are being asked to look at yourself. Okay. And part of the reason is because you're doing well in things. You're doing well in things and people are often praising you on how well you're doing. And it's not because it's not true. It's because it's real, but it can also make it difficult for us to, to see um, where we really do have blind spots because we're so used to just doing things the right way. (laughs) Okay. That's just the truth. Again, this is not for everybody, but if you're the type, you know that it's you. So I want to just first very directly speak to the, any defensiveness that might be coming up in anybody, whether it's right now or as we go along the way, um, because I'm not saying that you are bad because that would be like calling myself or my past self bad. But I do think that we can be unaware Um, I know that I have had unnecessary conflict because my own ego was so big. Okay. It doesn't mean that you are just, you know, again, disrespecting people on purpose, but it can be a level, there can be a level of arrogance. I already touched on that a little bit. Um, you might be the smartest person in conversation often (laughs) many times. I don't know. You know, I don't know if you're like me, you're, you're used to having good ideas, Top 10%, I would say, on average in a group of people. Fine. Okay. So there can be a difficulty in even recognizing your own blind spots. Or everything else has been going so well that when something goes wrong in personal relationships, you just don't feel like putting in the effort. I, I didn't feel like putting in the effort when I really could have. That's just the truth. Where it's like, again, if you drown, you drown. So yeah, I have definitely not put an effort when I could have, because I'm just like, if it's, you know, it's like, it's not, it's nothing to lose this. (laughs) You know what I mean? So again, we are actively consciously, I'm actively consciously challenging that today so that you um, don't have to burn bridges um, when you could have something like boundaries instead, or you could relate better instead. Okay. Um, Rather than burning bridges, sometimes a a bridge doesn't need to be burned and it needs more of a design job rather than um, a demolition job, okay? 
write that down. You're probably good at the hammer and nail stuff. You're probably good at planning, organizing, goal setting, performance or task-based activities. But the issue may come in when uh, when you're called on or when, when it would be helpful for you to be empathetic, validating, when to, to um, connect. Issues may come in with intimacy, vulnerability, or being emotionally safe for someone, okay? This has nothing to do with being a good person. I can't say, I cannot stress that enough, but it does mean that um, your some of your strengths may be so overemphasized that these other softer strengths have not been developed enough to where you now, as a, as a whole adult, wanting healthy relationships, some of these other softer skills need to be um, consciously conscious attention needs to be put on them. So that's what I'm going to do today. Okay. This isn't about getting people to like you by being someone that you're not, but it is also very possible that you're not even being someone that you want to be. An example of this is this whole soft girl era movement. This whole thing came about because women didn't want to be seen as super tough. Clearly there are women who have been doing whatever they've been doing and now want to be seen as something else because they themselves don't like the results that they were getting in their, maybe they're coming out of the boss babe movement and they're transitioning to the soft girl movement, okay? People are waking up to how problematic the city girl slash hot girl movement was. There's a lot of movements that weren't very helpful. How it isn't actually congruent to be the top city girl in your city, city girl of the decade, while actually looking for a um, long-term mate. Like those kinds of things aren't, aren't, aren't congruent. Let's talk about emotional intelligence and relational intelligence. And we're going to talk about the difference between, and in this, we're going to be talking about the difference between your norm and society's norms. Emotional intelligence is understanding your own emotions and others' emotions and managing them well. Relational intelligence is successfully connecting with people and building secure relationships. I have 10 points for you. Number one, be right without acting right. Having the best point without being overly dominant. Why? Because no one cares if you have a good point, but you make them feel small. Let's talk briefly about Kevin Samuels. Already, people are going to listen to this and feel triggered. The truth is, Kevin Samuels had legitimate points. Sometimes, at least, we got to say at least sometimes, but the way that he made people feel when he was communicating with them made people feel small. So no one cares if you have a good point when you make them feel small. If if the, if if someone took the same valid points that he had and delivered it differently, not even talking about necessarily the tone, okay? Cuz I don't think that tone is everything, although it does have it, it definitely factors, right? I don't even think it's not everything. I think that just like a heart of that has compassion um I think you can have a compassionate heart and have a harsher tone and people are still going to listen more than they do when, with someone who is harsh, who has a harsher tone and who doesn't have a heart of compassion. Okay. So, um, pe- people do not care if you have a good point and when you make them feel small. Um, number two, so we're talking about being right without acting right. Number two, heart first before head or hand. You've got to empathize before you correct. Heart first before your head or hand. What I'm saying is empathize before correction. When you correct before empathizing, you risk. Number three, when someone has a differing opinion 
or even an opinion that you have already deemed not as good as yours, okay? Treat it like they have a point because they do somewhere in there. They, they, they do. Somewhere in there they do, okay? Even if it's just, I just feel like it. That's a, it's a point. It's not necessarily a valuable one, but it is a point. You see what I'm saying? So be curious about where someone is coming from and listen that way. Listen to someone as if they have a point because they do somewhere, even if it's just that they felt like saying it. That's a point. It's just not necessarily a good one, but it's not, that's not a good place to judge when you're trying to sustain connection rather than breaking connection. Number four, the best persuasion, and y'all, this is all under number one. I have 10 of these. That's why I'm, I'm moving. The best persuasion is not actually having the best point. It's being the most likable. The best persuasive strategy is not having the best point. It's actually being likable. When you build trust with people, you can be more direct. This happens all the time in therapy where what I, with what happens on session 12 is, or session, let's say 10 is different than session two. Okay. Some people out the gate, they're, they, they want like, they, they can handle a very direct approach. That's usually the type that I'm talking to right now. You're like, just tell me. But sometimes y'all type be the most, most sensitive. So that's not always the case. Trust me. It's not, so it's not 100%. For some people that have a, have differing, different personalities, um, and they need more of a warm up time, uh, going super direct isn't necessary, isn't always going to be received well on their f- consult call than it is going to on session, even three. You don't have to wait till session 10. But my point is that, um, you know, if I, I'm, t- I'm going to talk to y'all plainly, you know that a lot of people in the world are more, uh, are a little softer than you. And I don't mean, I, I mean, just like sensitive, like they get their feelings hurt and get all down and out, right? It's something that frustrates you probably. Even when you have a valid point, building trust with someone is, it helps you to actually get your point across. So sometimes you have to wait to deliver as directly as you may want to. Number five, on small things, let someone else have it. For example, what route to take when you're going to the store, what laundry detergent to buy. You might really have a valid point that the laundry detergent that you want to buy is a better is a better detergent. I'm using this as an example. And there's somebody out here that's going to know exactly what I'm talking about. You might have a valid point why you should why you should buy a certain detergent. But valid isn't always valuable. People love to hear when they are right. Okay. So when you're like, yeah, let's take that route or yeah, let's buy that dessert, whatever the small, like I said, on small things, just let someone else have it. That's not the time. Don't die on a hill for things that don't matter in the long run. Let's move on to point number two. We're talking about building emotional intelligence and relational intelligence. Number two, I need you to start validating people and understand this. Validation does not mean agreement. Validation does not mean agreement. Sometimes people have the idea that if I validate you, it means that I'm taking your side on something. It's not always the case. They are not mutually exclusive. So validation does not mean agreement. So here's the first point here. You can validate and still disagree, but... Just like a a, a heart without compassion and a harsh tone create a bad outcome. This is also true. Disagreement and invalidation is a relationship killer. So I can, when I validate you and disagree with you, it lands very differently most of the time than if I disagree with you and I invalidate you all in the same breath. So here are some examples of how you can validate someone even when you even when you don't agree or when you do agree, okay? But just to be more validating 
showing more green flags, emotional safety, that kind of thing. You can say something like, I see what you mean. Or that makes sense to me. Or I understand where you're coming from. Before making your point, okay, before getting your before getting your thoughts across, you can validate. I see what you mean. That makes sense to me. I understand where you're coming from. I get it. Doesn't mean that I agree or that I would do the same thing, but that is it's validating. Don't fight someone else's feelings just because it's not your own. Some people, now it's true, some people want you to agree, but you don't actually have to do that. Now, people who get offended when you disagree, this might be the kind of person that is used to you steamrolling them or being aggressive, being or they perceive you as aggressive. They don't necessarily like when you disagree because it makes them feel small. Disagreement doesn't actually mean that me or you is um, more, like, I'm a better person than you. But you cannot prevent someone from perceiving you that way. People can have misperceptions. It's not the time for you to tell someone that they're being sensitive or that they're overreacting. Let it go, let it go, let it go, please. Number seven, validation helps people to open their ears. It's the front door to negotiation and compromise. A lot of people think this way. They think something like this. I will care about what you care about When I know that you care about what I care about. Now, if people like us, we're like, just get to the point. Who has the best solution? Please, please just hurry up. Like, why do we have to do it? But you that's not that's not the norm. It's not the norm. Okay, so this is something that we have to you got to get over it. And you have to have a level of adjustment instead of expecting people to adjust to you because it's just not realistic. Okay, it's not realistic. People are at the word average exists because that's most people. If you are above average in in performance, you're above average performer. That means that most people don't think like you. They don't act like you. They don't have discipline like you. They don't produce like you. It's, it's literally unrealistic. I'm not saying it's not a great, you don't have a good utopic idea. Is that a word? Utopic? You know what I'm saying? Utopian-ish idea that if everyone else was more like us, then everything would be running smoothly. Is that probably true? Probably. <laughs> but it's not realistic. Okay? The word average exists because that's most people. In order to be able to compromise and negotiate with the world, people have got to feel like you care, even if you have the better idea. Okay, so validation, even when you don't agree, is important because it actually opens the door. It shows someone that you care about what they care about. You care about the way that they're thinking. You care about their ideas. And then people will be more willing to care about what you care about, the way that you're thinking and your ideas when they know that you care about what they care about. Okay, I know this can be tiring. Some of y'all are literally yawning right now. You're so exhausted just hearing this. So it's fine. I get it. Here's what you can do practically. You can wait to send the text if you need to. Like if you're irritated, frustrated, you can wait to send the text. You can wait to answer the phone if you need to. Write it out in your notes. Write a validating statement in your notes. Use the sandwich technique. Give them something positive. Give a, give your, you can say your point or whatever, then leave with something positive. I appreciate you sharing your thoughts with me. Thank you for trusting me with that, whatever. This is really what I think. And then I really hope that we can, um, I want to be able to come to an understanding together. Sandwich it and take a break if you need to. Don't um, communicate when you're actively triggered, frustrated, okay? Or when you're like, I literally don't care. That's not a good place. (laughs) That's not a good place to start. Hey, y'all, quick announcement. 
It is not going to be a coaching group. I'm going to do a workshop. If we deem that um, a coaching group is necessary after that, then that's what we'll do. Because I know this is a specialty group and this isn't what I normally focus on. Um, I want to give a bite-sized piece first for a lot less. I think that this is fair. I think that this makes sense. So $25 for the Saturday, March 25th workshop, $25 for the two-hour Saturday, March 25th workshop for everyone, okay, for everyone. If we need, if we want to schedule a three-day workshop, you know, that's the benefit of being an entrepreneur and being, being doing, that, doing it this way is that is that we can I can create it I can keep I can I can just put it on the calendar and give you all of that other more detailed information but you might be good with our two hours together or then from there you might want to do one-on-one work so um, with me or someone else so this that's what I'm going to do y'all I already adjusted it on the website I adjusted the links when you click that link it'll be for two hours on March 25th for $25 to come in, spend some time. I'm also gonna I'm gonna um, have the supplemental material available for you as well, which will be additional, but it won't be required for you to come into the workshop. Of course, I recommend that you get it, um, but um, it'll be a separate thing, so we can keep everything nice and clean. All right, y'all. Let's get back to the episode. Number three, remember we have 10 points, okay? Goodness gracious. Number three, make others feel important. We're talking about raising your emotional and relational intelligence, EQ, RQ. Make others feel important. How can you do that? Be curious. How can you be curious? Ask questions and don't make their answer about you. Reflect what they've said back to you. I reflect it back to you, meaning that I don't add anything to it. I don't assume anything about it. And I add that extra little oomph of curiosity. People want to feel interesting. And especially if you're this type of person, they really want to feel interesting with you. Okay. Because you are an interesting person. And I'm not saying that because I'm not saying, I mean, I'm just, I'm just telling the truth. Okay. Again, this is not for everybody, but if this is, you know, this is for you. You're an interesting person. People know that you have influence and power. And so people, people often feel like they're not interesting to you. So you showing interest is especially impactful. Um, here's another one, how to make people feel important. Remember things about people, point out their strengths. You're so good at that. I really appreciate that about you because you're the type that's probably not very impressible. You've got to be more conscious of making people, making someone feel interesting because you're just less likely to be impressed or or, um, interested because you're probably interested in what you have going on. That's just the truth. So be aware of that because you can come off as detached, aloof, selfish, that kind of stuff when really when your heart is not is not actually that. I'm not talking to people who are actually malicious. I'm talking about people who are unaware. One side of your strengths have been so emphasized that these other strengths have been underdeveloped, okay? And so we're going to raise that other side up so you have more balance. And trust that. Trust this. The more interest you show, the more interesting people become, okay? A lot of people don't seem interesting to you because you haven't actually take, shown any interest. You haven't taken any interest. There is value in someone's being over their doing. Value someone's being over their doing. Consider their character traits over their abilities. Are they kind? Are they warm? Do you love their curiosity? Are they patient? Do you feel comfortable about them? And why? What do you like about their energy? And can you express that to them? We'll talk about expression in a little bit. What you can consider this. What would you enjoy about this person if you had no idea what they did for work or if you had no history of what they've done for you? 
Why are we talking about this? Because when you when you start to emphasize someone's being over their doing, they feel appreciated, valued, respected and honored as a person rather than just what they can do and what they can produce. Okay, so um, if you need to rewind, I'm not going to go back over that, but if you can rewind, just rewind that kind of like 45 seconds, 60 seconds and listen to those questions. And when you're talking to someone or when you you might make a list of three people, it's a practical thing to do. Make a list of three people that you interact with on interact with on a regular basis and literally answer those questions for, for each of those people and start to bring that kind of start to develop your emotional intelligence, relational intelligence. Okay, valuing someone's being. Over their doing. Number five, you want to turn into a um, from you want to turn from being a loner to a supporter. High achieving women can often find themselves isolated by themselves for periods of time, often feeling misunderstood. Okay, like people don't get it or they can't relate. But you want to be a supportive type, not a loner type, and we need people. So um, consider this: How can you help others feel good about themselves outside of work? High achieving women, y'all always doing something and you're not necessarily as interested in what other people are working on. So ask them, ask the other person, what are they working on? What's interesting to them? Are they studying for something? Are they building something? Are they on a team at work? And how's that going? Be very, be conscious of that. Ask them what they are working on. Okay. Again, you can definitely be misperceived as being detached, aloof, but you can also be seen as like selfish, Okay, or into yourself, egoic, when really you're just you might be like me, passionate about what you're doing and you just don't as naturally think about what everyone else is doing. And and you can do practical things like repost their business. Like I am I have so much content that I repost of my literal self. Okay, that like sometimes I really do consciously go to someone's uh, a friend, a page, um, uh, a professional, a colleague's page and consciously repost their thing and tag them because I can literally repost myself all day. And there's some days where my stories are all myself. So consciously engaging other people and showing showing that they have value. Okay. And that I appreciate and see what they're doing. Number six and seven, I'm going to combine these things. Six is apologize because seven, you're not always right. We got three points under this. Number one, let's talk about what a real apology sounds like. It's not, I'm sorry you feel that way. I know that that sometimes it really is like, no, seriously, like, I'm sorry you feel that way because I don't understand. But um, here's what an apology, like a, a good apology can sound like. I'm sorry for what I did. And be specific, fill in that blank. What is it? I'm sorry for what I did. Next time I'll do this. What's the changed behavior? Please forgive me. Will you forgive me? Question mark. Um, I read, I don't even know where this is, but you can Google it yourself. The importance of literally asking the question, will you asking the question of forgiveness? Will you forgive me? Okay. Take the, take the weaker position, go under. I'm sorry for what I did. Next time I'll do this. Please forgive me. And um, sometimes I know if you're like me, we can get caught up. It's like, am I sorry? I'm sorry for what I did. Like I meant that. <laughs> okay. But I want you to think about it like this so that you can stay away from the language, which is so triggering for people that I'm, I'm sorry you feel that way. Okay. It's, it's triggering for so many people. I don't necessarily think that feel the same way about that, but I do validate and understand that a lot of people don't do not like that language. So I want to help you understand that part of the apology. I'm sorry for what I did. I want to tell you the truth. I really am like I'm talking as Taylor right now. 
I would like have I would have liked to do something different if it could have produced a different result for you. That's a that's a real feeling that I have, or that's a, that's a, that's a reality. Even if I really meant what I said at the time, or I really meant what I did at the time, I really am have a genuine feeling of I'm sorry for that because I don't I didn't want this outcome. So I'm just framing that for you and giving and just giving you a little bit of extra on that so that you don't you don't get caught up on that part and avoid the triggering language. So we're talking about apologize and you're not always right. Number two, um, the you're not always right part. Think of the other the per- the other person in the relationship as being just as right as you because to them they are. Okay, when there is some sort of conflict or disagreement or issue between us, I need to think about what you're telling me. I need to think about it as you're just as right as I feel right because in your mind you really are. So my job is to try to reflect that back to you okay if I have that in mind my energy is is positive towards you even when I don't even when I don't agree with what you're saying and I also want you to think about think about that word that I just said agree I don't agree with what you're saying I don't even think that that might have been the best way to put it because when someone is sharing their thoughts opinions or experiences there's not a disagreement there we might have a diff, a disagreement in the course of action to take okay we might disagree about the way that what I said or did, how that landed, we might disagree there. But when someone's sharing their thoughts, opinions, experiences with you, there's actually not the opportunity to even disagree there. So it actually is just an accurate position to take to be receptive to what they're saying. It is more valuable to validate than to put your experience over theirs. Not every relationship is worth all of this energy. It's just not. But we're talking about relationships where um, it is or it is it's it's necessary like for work or whatever with clients. okay, and personally, it is more valuable to validate their experience, their thoughts, their opinions than to put your experience over theirs. All right. We got three more to go. We're almost done. Boundaries and not walls. Number one. There is a distinction. Boundaries um, allow you to facilitate relationship and they're set in love, love of myself and love of love for the relationship or maybe and maybe even love towards you. Boundaries are to help facilitate relationship. Walls keep people out. Walls break relationships down. Walls are set not in love of anybody. Okay, but rather they're set because I'm irritated, I'm frustrated, I'm angry, I'm resentful or and or I'm fearful. Boundaries allow the other person to be themselves and you get to be you. We just put healthy space between us where us being ourselves is too frustrating or too triggering to where we cannot get that close in certain regards or maybe in all regards. As far as boundaries go, the next boundary the next boundary master masterclass that I'm going to have is Wednesday, March 22nd. You get access to these live boundary masterclasses when you purchase the boundary playbook. Yes, if you've already purchased it and you have been in other masterclasses, you get to keep coming until you don't want to come. Unsubscribe when you don't want to come anymore. Just unsubscribe. But until you do, you're on a list where I send out an email just to y'all that allows you to register for boundary masterclasses, okay? The next one is on March 22nd. So this is going to help you to... Um, really get a good grasp on setting boundaries in love, setting boundaries with emotional intelligence rather than setting walls or using triggering or escalating language. The boundary playbook is available in the resource store and it's literally only $12. I've dropped the price on everything. All right, we've got two more to go. Let's talk about emotional language. 
we're talking about vulnerability here. I need emotional language and I need to know what my emotional needs are so I can express these things. And this all has to do with being able to show up as vulnerable, which does not mean weak. Vulnerable really shows a level of shows confidence, shows security, and also shows me as emotionally safe. Because if I want you to be open with me, then I need to be able to be open with you. Okay. And so developing your emotional language is very helpful here. How can you do this? Practically speaking, you can journal with a feelings wheel. I I use feelings wheels all the time. If you've ever been in a workshop with me, you've seen the feelings wheel. You can literally Google feelings wheel. I like the calm feelings wheel, C-A-L-M, calm, the calm, like the app, calm feelings wheel. And so if you are trying to develop this um, skill in you, get a feelings wheel out, okay? If if being vulnerable, expressing an emotional language is difficult for you, fine. We can actually literally strengthen this on purpose. So journaling with a feelings wheel is very helpful. The journal does not need to be a specific length. You don't need to be talking about anything in particular. All that I suggest to you is that you um, always connect your journal, whatever you, whatever you're writing about, whatever is on your mind, back to a feeling and challenge yourself to go outside of the small circle. You'll see what I'm talking about when you Google it. But on the, in the small circle, in the inner circle, they're like the basic feelings, anger, fear, sad. But then when you go out, you're going to see things like embarrassed, ashamed, exuberant. I don't think exuberant's on there, but that's a good word, but things like that. Right. So challenge yourself to really go out. And, um, even when, when I still use it, it really makes me slow down and be like, really, truly, what is it that I'm feeling in this moment? Number four, rather than directing others behavior, you're going to start getting people on your side by sharing about you sharing about I, Rather than telling other people what to do or how to be or what to stop doing, I'm going to express where I'm at, how I'm feeling. We're definitely going to be working on that kind of stuff in the the coaching group so that you can really know what that feels like, sounds like, and get some practice in doing it. Because a lot of people don't realize the escalating language or defensive language or even offensive language that they're sharing because they're just like, but I'm telling you the truth, not recognizing the lack of emotional intelligence that they might be having, the lack of tact in their delivery, okay, which is very important. Okay, let's move on. Number five, challenge beliefs that feelings are weak or unnecessary or will slow you down. Being vulnerable with people who actually want relationship with you, being emotional with people who actually want relationship with you actually helps to secure relationships of of all kinds, actually helps to secure relationships so you, you actually get out of the way, okay, when you when you tap into this part of you. Number six, feel, and this is the last one on this one, and then we have just one more, number 10, and then we're done. Okay, last one, feelings, okay, oh, this is just a little note. Identify feelings other than, like I told you to come out of the inner circle, right, on the feelings wheel, but let's say that you just skip my advice, and you're like, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to use the feelings wheel, it's lame. Okay, fine, but I got this for you still. Identify feelings other than overwhelmed, pissed, annoyed or I'm done with it because somebody's like I am identifying my emotions I'm pissed and it's like okay well are you also disappointed Mm -mm. okay number 10 last one be coached and listen okay this is these type of women these these are types of women high achieving women who are often used to having the ideas and used to people asking you what to do So it is so helpful to intentionally put yourself in positions to be coached, to be taught, 
in real time, not just getting information off of reels and captions. Like I am, I I am in a coaching group literally right now. That's why I'm rushing through this because in two minutes our call starts. I'm in a coaching group now, and I just start. I'm just starting another three day coaching group. This is like a this one that I'm in now is like a 16 week group, and the one that I'm starting on Friday is one of it's a three day group. So intentionally being in um in groups, being coached, one on doing one on one work. Y'all know I've been in plenty of therapy. I have a trainer. Like so being in intentionally putting yourself in environments and in relationships where you are not the expert. Be coached and listen. You're used to having the right answer, so put yourself in a position where you actually don't. Okay? Listening more than you talk. Therapy and coaching are different things too, y'all. Like in therapy, there you should be talking more than therapists. I agree with that. Um, and practice in that and practice that way. But when we're talking about coaching, you should be listening more than you're talking, listening to the teacher more than you are trying to take over the teacher. <laughs> okay. I know we don't do it on purpose, but when you think that you know better, it can happen. So being just very aware of that and taking the student position, the one down position, like I know, I know less or I'm here to take in is very helpful and very likable. So I just hope that that this helped to point out some blind spots that um, you may have been aware of, but wanted some, wanted to be just sort of bring it back to your consciousness. Hope it gives you some guidance, some ways to move forward. I hope that some of you um, are willing to go deeper in our coaching call. Um, and I hope that if there were things that you were not aware of, that these that some of these things were made clear for you, that it was helpful for you. And um, we will talk again on episode three. I cannot remember off the top of my head exactly what that episode is about, but I'm sure it's going to be good. It's about anxiety, y'all. It's about, <laughs> we're talking about attachment, the role of attachment, perfectionism, anxiety, and how that has manifested into these roles, which doesn't always look like anxiety, but also can look like avoidance. We're going to talk all about that, y'all, at the two-hour workshop, Saturday, March 25th, $25 to come on in. The links are updated, and I look forward to seeing you there. The next bonus episode of Boundaries and Grace, High Achieving Women, Part 3, is coming soon. <laughs>